Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The Eric Erickson Show across the nation. The phone number 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be a part of this here program? Y'all, I've been thinking about how do you how do you talk about what should be so obvious? And I got to I got to start with a story and my father-in-law is just going to have to forgive me for telling the story. Y'all, y'all, y'all who know him listening to this program, just leave him alone. True story. When I was dating my wife, my parent, my in-laws, I, by the way, I could not ask for better in-laws. Uh, a lot of people tell in-law jokes. I don't have any. Uh, I have like the greatest in-laws on planet earth. Um, I, I, I love them dearly. But when Christian and I were dating, her parents have this very nice house. Now, my father-in-law is an engineer from Georgia Tech. And he's got the shop at the bottom of his house. And everything is very meticulous. Everything is very lined up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All, all the tools on the wall. You need the screwdrivers. You need the hammers. You need the saws. They're all there. And he takes me down into the shop with all the saws and the hammers and the screwdrivers turns on the fluorescent light bulbs, they flicker. And he looks at me, looks me in the eye. And he says, it's all about the sex, isn't it? Now, I'm mid-20s, in law school, dating his daughter. Get a little bit flushed there. Sir, says, it's all about the sex. I said, Mr. Arnold, I, 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 I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. He says, you're a smart guy. You're in law school. You know, it's all about the sex. I, I have no idea what to say. None. My heart's racing. Thinking, is this what it's like to have a heart attack? I, I don't know. I said, Mr. Arnold, I, I'm sorry. I don't know what you're talking about. And he pulls out this bag, and he shoves this bag in my face. He says, the sex. The Japanese beetles, we put these bags out and, and the male beetles think, think smell the pheromones. They think they're going to have sex and they fly in and, and we trap them. We got to go hang these bags outside for my wife because the Japanese beetles are all over her cherry trees. I'm thinking, oh, oh. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I had no idea where this was going. Am I going to die? What's going on here? I think to this day he denies he did it, but you can tell he knows he did it because it's something he would totally do. I feel like we need a moment like this with Joe Biden and the Democrats. It's all about the oil, Mr. Biden. It's, it's all about the oil. You're a smart man. Vladimir Putin has had a, a uh, phone call with Emmanuel Macron this morning saying that uh, he's doubling down, that he has to denazify Ukraine, that he will take over all of Ukraine. There will be no peace. There will only be conquest. And Joe Biden's out there like, how can we stop him? What do we do? It's all about the oil, Mr. Biden. You're a smart man. You know it and I know it. 60% of Russia's exports are energy exports. And you, Mr. President, have allowed the Russians to export all of their energy, their wood, their uranium, their petroleum, their natural gas. You and the West have become so dependent on it. You're a smart man. But if you're going to go lay out traps for Mr. Putin, if they don't include sanctions on energy, you're not going to solve the crisis. Vladimir Putin is doubling down on the crisis. They have uh, moved thermobaric bombs into Ukraine. We'll get into that later. If you want to stop Russia, you must stop oil. Now, here's the thing. The United States, 
though Russian oil imports to the United States are double what they were just last year, or I'm sorry, 2021, they're double what it was in 2020, you know what I mean. It's only 3%. It's only 3% of American energy imports, oil imports, 3% is Russian. We should be able to get rid of it. But the Biden administration now, oil is, is above $113, West Texas crude. That's very bad. It's the highest it's been. And he's worried about inflation. He has economically and policy-wise painted himself into such a bad corner that he cannot now do the thing most likely to bring about the pain on Russia needed to end the conflict because it would hurt Joe Biden and the Democrats politically. So Ukrainians are going to die so that the Democrats do not have disaster at the ballot box in November. Here's Karen Jean-Pierre from the White House. We don't have a, a strategic interest in reducing the global supply of energy. So you've heard uh, Jen talk about that, the effect uh, of, of what would happen with the global supply here. We, we don't have a strategic interest in doing this. And, and now Cedric Richmond, uh, the White House advisor on, I don't even know what he advises on. Listen to this. I'll tell you this. I think that uh, many people may say that that is a solution, but we've put a solution on the table, and that is to pass legislation that will lower uh, Americans everyday costs lower their health care if we pass our climate agenda we would lower uh, energy prices for the average American family by $500 but that's not true how many of you have a Tesla how many of you have an electric car electric cars in the United States I think are 5% of the market so 95% of Americans, if they wanted to take advantage of it, would have to go buy new cars. And then when you convert everyone over to electric cars, you've got a massive strain on the American power grid because people have to plug their cars in at night and all of them do it at the same time, plug their cars in at night, and we don't have enough power supply in the United States. And the federal government won't build new nuclear reactors and, in fact, is shuttering one in Florida over climate change. It's all about the oil, Mr. President. It's all about the oil. Joe Scarborough on Morning Joe this morning. But it seems to me uh, our dependence on Russian oil continues despite the fact we're the largest producer in the world, uh, despite the fact that uh, we actually are not uh, getting the energy out of the ground, that all the energy out of the ground that we can get uh, temporarily uh, because of this war. Wouldn't it strategically make a lot of sense for the United States to ramp up oil production? Yes. Yes, it would. Joe Manchin is now calling for that. I'm working, as you know, I always do with my Republican friends and my Democrat friends to come together as one as Americans right now and show the unity that we have. What we need to do right now is make sure that we are able to lead by showing the rest of the world how much that we support Ukraine. And we will shut off the revenues every way we possibly can that goes in to uh, Putin and to Russia. Uh, That product has been coming at an average of over 500,000 barrels a day. It's up to 670,000, you are correct. Mm. And that can be stopped. Now, it's not the federal government buying this product. It's basically private enterprise companies that buy it to provide basically energy, a lot of it to the Northeast, a lot of it over on the West Coast, because it has been extremely cheap. But the bottom line is we can produce it. We're down a million barrels a day, Larry, the, our, our production. We've been up to over 12.3. We're down to 11.2 million barrels a day. So we can pick up that. People says, well, it's going to create higher prices. 
in, in, in America. It should not in, uh, really reflect at all in pricing higher in America because we have that capacity. We do. He's right. It makes no sense. It makes no sense that this administration will not shift to American energy production unless you realize they would rather put their climate agenda ahead of the people of Ukraine. They would rather their climate agenda surpass everything happening in Europe. They would rather the Russians kill all the Ukrainians so long as you get a windmill and a solar panel and a battery-powered car. They have no real desire to impact Russia's ability to export energy. 60%, 60% of Russia's exports, 60% are energy. And we're allowing them to do this. And you know where the grand, grand scheme of energy goes as this administration decides on energy and the pressure builds to get rid of Iran, to get rid of Russian oil? That's right, to Iran. Here's Pete Buttigieg on MSNBC. This is, I mean, this is Pete Buttigieg last night talking about this very issue. Could the president possibly consider authorizing the Keystone Pipeline, uh, working something out with Iran? I mean, uh, look, the, the president has said that all options are on the table, but we also need to make sure that uh, uh, we're not galloping after permanent solutions to immediate short-term problems where uh, more strategic and tactical actions in the short term can make a difference. What, what, what strategic thing can make a difference in the short term? Buy everyone a battery-powered car? Buying oil from Iran is now on the table? But they don't want to expand American energy production. We are using your money, your money, particularly if you live in the Northeast or along the West Coast. We're using your money to fund the Russian bombs that are killing Ukrainians because the Biden administration doesn't want to unleash American energy independence. That's what's going on here. Now, why don't they want to do that? Well, for the climate. For the left's agenda, this is becoming this is becoming a thing. So, one of the things they want to do, they would rather rely on the Iranians than rely on us. They would rather create Iranian jobs than American jobs. They would rather be indebted to the Iranians than to the American private sector. This is happening. It's all about the oil, Mister President. It's all about the oil. You don't need my father-in-law, the, the, the Georgia Tech engineer, to have to explain this one to you. It's all about the oil. You get rid of Russian energy exports. You've crippled 60% of the Russian economy. They have to give up this war. They can't fund it. But you're not doing that. How dogmatic do you have to be to be so doubled down on we need to get battery-powered cars and get everyone off fossil fuels that you're going to get all these people in Ukraine killed because you can't do the right thing in the United States of America. I mean, that's where we are in this situation. 
We should have American energy independence. Why should we have it? For our national security reasons. And our American energy independence does not rely on windmills and solar power. It relies on the gifts God gave us underfoot that we can extract from the ground and fund our energy needs while we're transitioning to other sources. Instead of relying on the Russians and paying them so they can keep killing Ukrainians. It really is that obvious. But they can't immediately stop the Russian oil because it will immediately drive up prices because we cannot immediately ramp up domestic production. And Joe Biden and the Democrats would be hurt by the price increases at the pump and the price increases in the grocery stores and the runaway inflation it would cause. And that is the bottom line here. When you look at the nightly news tonight, and you see the blown out buildings in Ukraine, and you see the dead bodies, you remind yourself it's all about the oil. You remind yourself that those people are dead and this war is going to continue because Joe Biden is too worried about gas prices in the United States and the midterm elections to actually do anything decisive to stop this war. The war will continue so that Joe Biden and the Democrats don't have to experience $120 gal uh, dollars for a barrel of oil, so that you don't have to experience $7 at the gas pump. The war will continue so the Democrats don't get absolutely wiped out in November. And that's kind of sad that Joe Biden and the Democrats are putting their electoral future ahead of stopping a war that could turn into a global war. Well, my goodness, Stacey Abrams has stepped in it. The Georgia Democratic candidate for, I think, Empress of the West. Uh, listen to this from Comedy Central. She was talking to Trevor No or whatever. We are a stronger nation when we allow people to participate. And if we ever doubted that, the war that Putin is waging against Ukraine, President Zelensky said, and I'm going to paraphrase him probably poorly, he said, this isn't a war on Ukraine. This is a war on democracy in Ukraine. When we allow democracy to be overtaken by those who want to choose who can be heard, mm -hmm. and the, those choices are not based on anything other than animus or inconvenience, then that is wrong. Um, so Russia invading Ukraine is like uh, Stacey Abrams losing the governor's race in 2018. She is President Zelensky. What a, an awful analogy to make a make a, an actual physical military invasion of a country where people are dying all about you and your agenda it, it it's it's just like in Ukraine it's just all, all those those efforts to to register people to vote and stop them from voting in in the United States and and the failure to pass legislation here it's just like Ukraine just like you I, I were thermobaric bombs used by the 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 Trump supporters no good lord Wow. All right. To the phones, Bill, you're going to be up first. Welcome. Hey, Eric, thank you for taking the call. Sure. I would like to know your opinion of why the timing to me of the Biden administration dropping his support for the East Med pipeline that would have been out of Israel supplying competitive gas, natural gas to Italy and Greece happened just days before all of this started with Putin talking about the 
invasion. And then we go for weeks of Biden demanding almost that Putin invade. And this just all seems so crazy. You know, um, so look, we can connect a lot of dots, um, but... One of the big issues here uh, is, yes, the United States did withdraw support in 2022, and it has a lot to do with the environmental nature of it. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with this, uh, the East Med, Eastern Mediterranean Pipeline, uh, would connect uh, Greece via Cyprus and Crete, uh, and it would potentially tie into Israel as well. Uh, the Israelis, the Egyptians, uh, the Cypriots, the Greeks, they all approved this pipeline. Uh, and there was going to be a connection as well into Egypt for this pipeline, potentially, in order to do this. The United States, however, in January of this year, canceled their approval of the pipeline because of environmental concerns. Now, what did the United States have anything to do with it? Well, the United States, it's not in their land, uh, but the United States was going to help uh, fund the pipeline. And without the U.S. help, it wasn't financially feasible to do. Why did they cancel it? Because climate change. Don't think that this is about us setting the stage for Vladimir Putin. That's that's easy thinking. What's actually going on here is Putin realizing that we really are so committed to climate change, he can have his way with the world and we can't stop him. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Let me go back to the phones here. David's been waiting patiently. David, welcome. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, This week... This week I've heard a couple times, I know Jen Psaki mentioned it on Tuesday, that there's over 9,000 U.S. energy contracts that aren't being fulfilled. I was seeing if you had any info on that. It seems like it's a talking point that I keep going back to, to kind of point fingers at, um, you know, those of us who want energy independence. Uh, Do you have any info on that? Yeah, um, the reason that these energy contracts weren't filled is because, uh, one, they the, a lot of the oil and gas companies were investing in other places, and it was pretty clear when this administration took over that uh, they were going to have regulatory burdens on them. It was just too cost prohibitive to even try to do it. That's the point that they miss. Um, yes, there were about 9,000 leases or so that were not filled. Uh, but those are leases that the Trump administration was pushing out towards the end of the Trump administration. And when it became obvious that Joe Biden was had won, there was no reason for these companies to push forward because they knew what was going to happen. Uh, the regulatory burdens that the uh, Biden administration is placing on them. Look at FERC, for example. Uh, FERC is the what Federal Energy Regulatory Commission has decided they're going to examine climate impact on new pipelines, which means they're killing all the pipelines because of climate change. Uh, This administration is willfully trying to force us uh, into energy dependence on other countries, not to green energy. And the reason I say that is because you can't push Americans into green energy without congressionally approved subsidy. And Congress has refused to approve the subsidies that would require Americans to get into green energy. The result of this is 
a mixed and muddied message and higher costs in this country. It is truly a bizarre uh, situation with this administration where they are unwilling to do the necessary and proper things to get us uh, on a trajectory forward where we can be energy independent without having to rely on Russia. And again, you know, it, you can't be energy independent on solar and wind. You just can't. Sometimes the wind doesn't blow. Sometimes the sun doesn't shine. If the sun isn't shining and the wind isn't blowing at the same time, you don't have power. We don't have battery reserves to harness the excess power made to then be able to shift tonight. We just, we simply don't have it. It doesn't exist. And this administration is living in la-la land on all this stuff. Uh, D, you're going to be next on the program. Welcome to the program. Hey, Eric. Thanks for taking my call. Um, earlier this week, I heard an interview with Condoleezza Rice, and she they asked her about, you know, her what she felt Putin was doing and, you know, basically she came back and said she didn't think that he was himself, that it was not the, the Vladimir Putin that she knew, that he seemed to be at, totally out of character. And I was wondering, you know, your thoughts on it. But one other quick little thing that has nothing to do with politics. Um, you were saying the other day about a pizza oven, and I just wanted you to know that you can get double zero pizza flour at Publix. You know, as a matter of fact, it's <laughs> funny you, you said this, D, because I went grocery shopping the other day, and I needed flour, and I had just ordered a bunch of bags of the double zero pizza flour from King Arthur, and they showed up mm-hmm. on the day I was grocery shopping, and they're in the Publix now. They have the complete line of King Arthur products, including the double zero yep. flour. I was like, my gosh, I just paid shipping and handling on bags of flour, and I could have got it. I had no idea that I can get them all now at the grocery, which is fantastic. I'm glad you said that. But now, to your point on content, it really just had to have happened. I hadn't even noticed it a few weeks ago. Um, to your point on what Connie Rice is saying, she's not alone. Marco Rubio has said this. There is European and American intelligence that something is wrong with Putin. Uh, we're not sure what it is. Uh, no one seems to be. Well, I shouldn't say that. They're not publicly saying what's wrong. Now, a while ago, I was told by several people they thought that uh, Putin had the beginnings of Parkinson's. Uh, I don't know whether that's true or not, but uh, there is clearly a change in the pattern of behavior, uh, what comes up over and over and over again is that uh, Vladimir Putin has always been very cold and calculating. And when you listen to him now and you see him reacting to his underlings on camera, instead of the stoic face he's always had, he's very emotional. And Mm -hmm. that is leading people to believe that something has gone on. He has an illness, an underlying neurological order, something uh, that is changing him. Uh, And we've now had several. Go ahead. Could it just be the middle-aged crazies, you know, like a lot of men, when they get to middle age, they go out and buy a cor- Corvette convertible and, you know, <laughs> Do you know 20-year-old oh blonde? I said this just yesterday. I passed some guy who had to, had to be in his <laughs> late 50s and had some young blonde woman in the front seat of a convertible Corvette. And I just said, there goes the midlife crisis. Drove right past yep. You know, he's uh, Putin is 70 years old. Um, and yeah, I look, there's, there's something he's just coming into it late then. <laughs> yeah, he is. Well, you know, he, he's been, he's been having an affair with apparently a, uh, Russian Olympic gymnast for several years. who's about half his age. Um, oh, geez. so he's, he's technically, well, he's divorced now. 
Uh, he got divorced in 2014 from his, his wife. They had been married since 1983, and now he's dating a... Um, dating some sort of Russian gymnast who I think is in her late twenties or early thirties. Um, so yeah, it's, it's only a matter of time before he gets in the convertible red Corvette as well. <laughs> There's something going on there. Thank Look, you. I appreciate the phone call. Yeah. Y'all this, this is coming up a lot in these conversations about Putin with people. Marco Rubio has been sharing a lot of non-classified intelligence on his Twitter page. Uh, Rubio, in fact, the Democrats are upset with Rubio doing this, but you got to remind, remember that, um, the, the, um, the Biden administration was praising itself, patting itself on the back over its release of intelligence to try to dissuade Putin. And it didn't work, but Rubio's continued to flood the zone with everything he knows that's not classified. And one of the things that comes up repeatedly is that Putin has some sort of mental deterioration and it seems to be uh, well-documented and known within Russia. One of the telling things to me that has happened is that uh, the Russian Security Bureau, the FSB, tipped off the Ukrainians about a Chechen assassination plot of President Zelensky. Someone within the, the essentially the Russian version of the FBI leaked to the Ukrainians that this was happening, that Putin had arranged this. Uh, so there's growing distrust, it seems, inside the Kremlin uh, for Putin to begin with. All right, let's go back to the phones. Uh, Ricky, you're going to be next on the Eric Erickson Show. Welcome. How are you? Hey, Eric, how are you? Great. Hey, man, let me tell you, you go ahead and preach. Uh, I have been saying the same thing. I just had this conversation with a brother last night. You know, most Americans have never left this country. I spent a short time in Sicily. Uh, I had my TV running, and I had the dishwasher running, popped the circuit. We are nowhere near green. We use, some can say we even waste too much energy in this country. We are not nowhere close to being, uh, to going green. And, and uh, I, like I told him, and this is my feeling, you know, they want to do so much green. When they, when they convert the beast and all those big SUVs that Congress ride around in, when they convert that to electric, they come talk to me. Otherwise, you know, they need to bring the oil back, start our production back up, and kill that pipeline over there. Yep. Look, I, I don't disagree with you at all. It, it, is, it is time for us bring back the Keystone XL pipeline, increase the natural gas pipelines that, that the federal government's uh, cutting, that we are in a world of hurt if they don't do that. It, this is, listen, this Ricky, thank you for the phone call. This is common sense for all of us here right now. Whether you're a, a Democrat or Republican, you, you may want to fight for climate change and a Green New Deal, but you have to acknowledge and understand that as long as we are importing Russian oil when we have enough to sustain ourselves. We're dependent on Russia. And if we're not dependent on Russia, it'll be some other bad country out there. And we don't have to be dependent on them. We can be energy independent. You want to listen to a word salad on this whole issue? Listen to Kamala Harris dance around the issue. 
The Ukrainian ambassador has said the only way to really hit Putin where it hurts is to go after his oil and gas sector. And some senators agree, Republican and Democrat. Uh, Senator Joe Manchin, for example, mentioned that the U.S. is still currently buying approximately 600,000 barrels of, of crude and uh, other petroleum products every single day. Is that on the table? Is that something that the administration would continue, would consider in terms of further sanctions, cutting off the oil and gas uh, part of the economy for Russia? Well, as you know, that on this issue, for example, we applaud Germany in terms of what it has done as it relates to Nord Stream 2, as it relates to what we need to do domestically as well as, as what we need to do in terms of this issue generally. We have, as the President said, uh, reevaluated what we're doing in terms of the strategic oil reserve here in the United States to make sure that it will not have an impact or we can mitigate the impact on the American consumer. Uh, but let's, let's take this one step at a time. I'm understanding that right now on the issue of energy, our allies have stood firm and unified in a way that many of the pundits didn't predict would happen um, to ensure that we are we are unified in our approach to this issue. Uh, that's not really answering the question. Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, obviously vested interest there, given the Alaskan oil reserves that we have that are untapped. She thinks we also need to be focused on American energy reserves. She's not wrong. She and Joe Manchin lined up on the same page on this issue. And they're right. And the fact that this administration doesn't get it. And, and at some point, I got to think this is going to come back to bite them. The Republicans have a winning issue here. And they're not afraid to use this one for once. The fact that the administration continues to say, well, actually, uh, if we do the Green New Deal, that'll lessen our need. Not immediately. Not immediately. None of you are going to go out tomorrow and, and convert to a battery-powered electric car, even if you wanted to. Even if the money was there, you couldn't do it because there aren't enough. But we have enough oil. And now what they'll say is, well, you know, it'll take six months to a year. So, I mean, what's the point? Well, what the point is is so that when we get into this situation again, which we're going to, we're not dependent on bad actors to provide us our energy. It, it genuinely, y'all, it's all about the oil. It really is. It is. It's stunning that this administration is so dogmatically convinced the world is going to come to an end in the next decade that they're ready for hell on earth to happen today just to protect themselves at the ballot box. It's just amazing. Absolutely amazing. Now, Patriot Mobile is one of the companies out there fighting the good fight for us on this and so many other issues on energy, guns, life, you name it. They are conservatives. They dedicate a portion of their profits to fight for the conservative movement, and they want your help. What you can do is become a customer of Patriot Mobile. You get the same service you get at all the other cell companies. They use the same towers. So it's not like you're going to have degraded service here. You get the exact same cell towers that you get with everyone else. It works well. It's a great company. They have great discounts for you, and you get free activation with my name. You go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric. That's patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. You can also call them. They have 100% U.S.-based customer service. So when you call them, you're talking to somebody who's working in this country, not abroad, 972-PATRIOT. 
You tell them I sent you. You get free activation. You get great discounts if you're a veteran, an NRA member, first responder, a teacher, got a large family, and you need multiple cell phone numbers. They'll give you good, good discounts there as well. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, if you want to be on the program, 877-973-7425. Let's go back to the phones. Greg, you're going to be next. Welcome. How are you? Hey, Eric, how are you? Uh, Good. Love to talk to you about numbers, talk math. Uh, in this case, the math does not work. Um, the other day, listening to you, I took 30 seconds, Google U.S. Energy Department figures, 10.7% of our electricity production comes from wind and solar, 10.7. Mm-hmm. You want to go after coal, the dirtiest anti-green, dirtiest energy, you're going to have to more than double solar and wind in the U.S., and you can't do that in three years, five years, even with the Green New Deal. The math doesn't work. It's And we're in a war, Cold War again. It's drill, baby, drill. That's yeah. that's the key. You know, look, I, I, I'm glad you brought that data into it. Um, I, I had it on my fingertips the other day and, and totally forgot to even pull it back up today that, yeah, I mean, it, it really it doesn't work. Uh, and the amount of investment that we would have to I- involve in the rare earth minerals and the like or buy from China the solar panels, people forget about that. We're essentially offloading an environmental crisis onto poor parts of the world so that good liberals can sleep well at night with their solar panels. And you asked me about recession, and I- I've seen some numbers since then that um, if not recession, stagflation, uh, mm-hmm. aluminum's at an all-time high today. Wheat's up the limit the past three days. Oil's at 116 a barrel. Um, metals and things that are inputs into the economy, cars, you name it, are going through the roof. We're, we're on the edge of a commodity super cycle here if things don't change. It's going to cause inflation more than we've seen. And I don't think the government is ready for it. And, and I feel bad, unfortunately, Democrats are in power. And the party in power really takes it on the chin when you have inflation. And we haven't seen stagflation since the 70s. Yeah, yeah. you know, I'm glad you say that. Uh, I'm not glad it's happening. I'm glad you bring that up. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day who's a home builder and said they are back to having problems uh, easily being able to get lumber in to build houses. Uh, every cost was go- had gone up, things started to decline, and now they're going back up again because of all the uncertainty in the market and that it's causing, at a time we have a housing shortage, it's causing housing prices to get even more expensive. Well, the Biden administration put tariffs on Canadian timber again. Yeah, yes, yeah, they did. I mean, the, the whole, they're like, Brilliant. They're, Brilliant. they're trying to figure out how do we destroy the economy? Let's do that. It just, I mean, you know, I forget whose rule it is, Greg. There's, there's, I forget somebody's rule is to understand the way the American bureaucracy works. Understand that uh, if you look at it as they are controlled by a cabal of their enemies, that it explains everything. Um, and it, it's, it's not that they actually are controlled by a cabal of their enemies. It's that they're just, I mean, they they live in paranoia and, and justification for all their actions and they always get it wrong. If Republicans can stay sensible and just come with sensible policies that that the, the middle of the road, the independent voter can grasp and understand the suburban voter, it is it is lights out for Democrats. Yeah, it is. It, it is. It is. Which, you know, it's very the, simple. The Democrats are going to go over. We're the stupid party trying to tie Marjorie Taylor <laughs> Greene into the voice of the GOP. 
Right, right. But we're the stupid party, so I don't give us much hope. Yeah, that's true. Listen, Greg, thanks very much for the phone call. You're right. Um, the GOP loves to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory, and they may very well if they keep giving Marjorie Taylor Greene a, a, a mouth. You know, it, it really is, just as an aside here, Marjorie Taylor Greene knowingly spoke at a white supremacist rally. Don't tell me she didn't know. I mean, her staff at least should have vetted the guy, but Nick Fuentes is one of the most well-known uh, white nationalist people in the country, and he introduced her on stage to chance of uh, to, uh, in favor of Vladimir Putin. Now, she says, I didn't know who I was talking to. Really? You didn't? And the GOP, whether you think about, uh, whatever you think about the censure of Liz Cheney for the uh, January 6th commission stuff, whatever you think about it, the fact that they would censure Liz Cheney for that and they won't censure Marjorie Taylor Greene for speaking to a group of white nationalists. You know, the Arizona GOP censured an Arizona state senator for speaking to the same group. But Kevin McCarthy lacks a spine to do the right thing when push comes to shove. Kevin McCarthy is going to be a disastrous Speaker of the House of Representatives. Maybe someone will stand up and challenge him. It's 2022. Things are still crazy. Things haven't settled down. And now you got the Federal Reserve and interest rates. You got the economy. You got inflation. A lot of banks won't even return your phone call. Let's say you're a small business and you need a loan for $750,000 or higher. You see an opportunity where banks, they don't even want to see you. You want to buy a building. You want to build a building. Reach out to the Frost family at First Liberty Building and Loan. They've been helping small businesses become big businesses since the 1990s. They want to help you if they can so spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a good fit for them and they're a good fit for you. Their website is firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. Again, you need a loan, $750,000 or higher. You're a small business and you see an opportunity to grow. Share it with the Frost family and see if they can help you. Firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. First Liberty Building and Loan can help businesses nationwide become bigger businesses.